Welcome to the Everyday Innovator podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance, for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, and this is where product leaders and managers become product masters, gaining practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products that customers love. Not many product managers get involved in naming products, and that is a mistake. And this episode is long overdue because we haven't really explored this topic of product naming before. If you were involved during the initial idea work and problem solving, creating a product concept that fulfills customers' unmet needs, like the work that we do as product managers, then you have valuable insights for that product name that actually becomes part of the product. You can be a great brainstorming resource to help marketing or a naming consultant. That is, if you know the attributes of a great name, how to avoid naming mistakes, how to use a creative brief, and how you can effectively brainstorm with those other groups. Those topics and more are in a new book titled, Hello, My Name is Awesome, How to Create Brand Names That Stick. The author is Alexandra Watkins, and she joins us to discuss many of these topics so you can become a product naming champ. Alexandra has created names or renamed many brands and products that you would recognize, including the Wendy's Baconator. She shares many great tips for us that takes the mystery out of naming. And remember, if you hear something that you want to share with a colleague or you just want to go back to, we take detailed show notes for you. We also prepare a one-page action guide to help you immediately take action on the concepts that Alexandra shares. And you'll find all those resources at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 305. Now, let's talk with Alexandra. Alexandra, thank you so much for joining the Everyday Innovators. My pleasure, Chad. Nice to be here. It's nice to meet you. I actually saw you do a presentation just a few weeks ago on naming, and uh, that was with the PDMA annual conference. And I was so glad to come across that because it's something that we talk about every now and then, but we haven't had an opportunity to really explore naming in detail on this podcast. And product managers run into this. They're not always intimately involved, but we want to know more about how does naming happen and what makes a good product name. And you are the go-to person for this. Well, I'm happy to answer any of your questions. So you have a uh, book that we might talk about more later too, but uh, but you've laid out a number of frameworks to help us with naming. And one of them is called Smile. And I I love this, that it's easy to help me remember by using Smile, but it goes through the elements of a good name. So I thought that might be a good place for us to start. If you could take us through the elements of a good name and make us all smile. (laughs) You got it. So SMILE is an acronym for the five qualities that make a name great and strong. The first one, S, stands for suggestive. It's really important that your name suggests something about what your product is or does. You only have a split second to capture somebody's attention. There's no time to make them guess or have them wonder. You need to have them get it right away. The, it doesn't need to be, by the way, it doesn't need to be like descriptive or anything. It just needs mm-hmm. to be suggestive of a positive brand experience. The M in SMILE stands for memorable. People always say they want a memorable name, but it's really hard to quantify memorable. So I figured out what makes something memorable. And it turns out it's if something is based in the familiar. So you already have something to attach to it. For instance, the bike lock kryptonite that you might be Mm. familiar with 
we all know kryptonite from the Superman comic. And that what's, that's what makes kryptonite easier to remember than a bike lock with an unfamiliar name. Mm-hmm. The I in smile stands for imagery. Back to making something easy to remember. If when someone hears your name or can see your product name, if they can picture something in their head, like if I were to tell you about an energy drink named Bloom, when I say the word bloom, Chad, what do you picture in your head? <clears throat> I don't know if this is a, a good association or not, but it actually works really well for me. So I was thinking about like an algae bloom in a lake, <laughs> but it's something that expands really quickly and has a lot of energy. Yeah, there you go. I think of a flower and yeah, we mm-hmm. have the great algae bloom here in San Diego, the bioluminescence algae bloom for for months. It seemed like a back a couple, I don't know, I've lost track of time during the coronavirus. Yeah, I think it was in the spring or summer. But uh, yeah, so bloom, when you hear it, you can picture it in your head. So when you're at the grocery store and you're in front of that wall of energy drinks and you're like, what was the name? What was that name that Alexander told me? And like, it, you're going to, your brain is like desperately searching for something and it's going to cling on to that image of bloom. The L in scratch stands for legs. Legs means that your name lends itself to a theme, and that's great for brand extensions. So, and you know, it's so important that you do this. An example that I like to talk about is Scrub Daddy, the sponge that's, I'm sure, sold like 10 million units. There's Scrub Daddy, Scrub Mommy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Caddy Daddy. So lots of fun there. Yep, became big on Shark Tank. I remember watching that yeah, episode. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, the E and smile stands for emotional. You want your name to make an emotional connection. It's super important. People are fighting for, you know, your brand is fighting for attention. It's got to stand out. And if it makes an emotional connection, that's really going to help. Mm-hmm. Think of a time that you have bought a bottle of wine because it made an emotional connection with you. You've never tried the wine before, but something about the name spoke to you. That's an emotional connection. And if you can make a a strong emotional connection, you have the opportunity to raise your price. Even if you have a parody product, I love to give this example of being attacked by a mosquito one time at 2 a.m. and going on Amazon for relief, looking for a mosquito zapper and seeing four similar products and they all had three had pretty boring generic names and the fourth one was named the executioner and i bought the executioner because it made such a strong connection right stands out yep so and it cost more same as the other products but but i wanted it more because the name was so cool and Mm -hmm. people will pay for cool so that's smile interrupting the interview to share something really important. We'll get back to the discussion in just a minute, but I want you to know about an extraordinary system called the Rapid Product Mastery, or RPM Experience. In just nine weeks, you can have a higher-performing product team, meeting only 75 minutes a week with no travel required. One product leader, after trying all the typical training workshops, turned to the RPM Experience to get real change for his team. He said that this is the only training that provides an integrated product management perspective. It did exactly what I needed it to do. If you have a group of 5 to 14 product professionals, learn how you too can have a high-performing team in just 9 weeks, 75 minutes a week, without travel. 
This is the system created by Chad based on his experience working as a product leader, coaching several organizations, and deeply studying innovation during his PhD work. Get the guide for yourself at theeverydayinnovator.com slash RPM. Okay, so I have suggestive, memorable, imagery, legs, and emotional. Correct. Right. So let's go through these a, l- a little bit more, if you would. So suggestive is, it isn't literally, you know, descriptive of the name, it doesn't sound like, but it, it's trying to more suggest a connection. How do you feel about literal names? Literal as in descriptive names? Yeah. Well, like this podcast is really for product managers. So maybe I could call it, you know, the product management podcast. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan because I don't think that it really, it, yes, it can identify who you are and who your audience is, but it kind of ends there. Mm-hmm. I think that names that stimulate the imagination are the ones that people like the best or that make people smile, right? So that right. name wouldn't necessarily make somebody smile. It, it misses on some of the other elements you talked about, right? If it's too right, like kryptonite, kryptonite, right? That yeah. name makes an emotion. If you've ever had a bike stolen, you want kryptonite to protect it. So yeah. because you know, even Superman couldn't get through kryptonite. Yeah, it fits very well. And I I remember when that bike lock came out, right? I was into biking at the time, and it stood out as a brand in the field. Okay, mm-hmm. one that came to my mind as you're you're talking through this that I think is both suggestive and memorable, and and it, it hits a lot of these points, which I think is really hard to do for a name. Anytime I've ever sat down to try to come up with a name for anything, it's hard to capture all these points, right? And so maybe you try optimize. But one um, I like a lot is silk, the almond milk, mm-hmm. and because silk itself it kind of connotes this creaminess, you know, that it's milk. So it's kind of a play on the word milk, mm-hmm. but it's, and somehow it sounds better even than milk. Do you think that hits on, on these elements pretty well? Yeah. It suggests that it's, it's rich, right. Mm-hmm. And creamy, silky, silky smooth. The it's memorable because it's something we're familiar with silk. It's not a completely foreign word mm-hmm. whatsoever. Imagery, right. We can picture something s- silky. Mm-hmm. Le- legs. Well, just the fact that it's silk and milk, that alone gives it legs right there. It's a but, good choice, yeah. Yeah, silky smooth. There's a lot you could do with silk. And then it makes that emotional connection because it does connect with something luxurious. Right, And yeah. that helps command a premium price. Yeah, so that, that one was pretty good. What are some other examples of names that, that maybe you've been a part of that you know deliver on a, a lot of these elements? Every name I've ever done. One that I love is a GPS for dogs named Retriever. Mm, fun. Another is I named the Wendy's Baconator, and that has that's a lot of fun. Um, I can't take I I well I named it my naming firm Eat My Words was I did it as a freelancer for another firm, Strategic Name Development, but it was mm-hmm. my name. The Church of Cupcakes is one has great legs, right? With the theme of, oh, that's actually in Denver. It has, uh, cause I know you're in Colorado. It has, it has great legs with this whole theme of religion and church. And like their tagline is worshipers welcome. The woman who runs it calls herself the church lady. So that has a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. So those are some suggestive names. Okay. So if we were to maybe examine 
one of these that you just threw out, like the Baconator. And if anyone has watched any commercials or, or, or heard a Wendy's commercial, you certainly have heard that one come up. We'd probably find out a little bit about the path one might go down to come up with a name. So I was wondering if we could do this in the product management context and say, <clears throat> say we have a product manager, we'll call her Anne, and she's working on a product and marketing is trying to come up with a name for this new product. And they've been wise to get the product manager involved because us product managers, we know a lot about how the customer thinks about the thing we're making. At least we should. So they're going to be working together. What, take us through kind of the initial steps, right? What does the brainstorming look like? What, what do we do to help come up with a name? Okay. Well, can you give me an example of what kind of product we might be naming? Oh, it could just be to, anything. Just, so, just to make it more interesting for people. Absolutely. So I don't know if you want to pick one that you've been involved with recently. I know you're in San Diego and have a lovely pool. And so maybe this is a pool cleaner. It, it could okay. be anything you want. Okay. A pool cleaner. All right. So our pool cleaner, I named him Scooby. Because <laughs> he's like a scuba, of course you scuba did. diver. Of course I did. Yes, everything around my house has a name. So what we would do is we would first get you, the client, or and the client to fill out mm -hmm. a creative brief. And yep. that's where we get all the background information on the product, the target audience, uh, desired brand experiences. We would want to know some examples of styles of names that Anne and her team of decision makers liked, name styles they don't like and why, that's really important to us. Hmm. We'd want to know what's the tone and personality of the name, right? So, you know, is it, do they want something that's more, you know, super premium and high end and, ex and very, you know, targeted at like expensive, you know, people that live in multi-million dollar homes or, you know, state of the art, or do they want something that's more kind of a fan, like Scooby, right? That would be like a fun, like fun personality, maybe for the family pool mm -hmm. set, you know, something like that. So that's really important just to kind of understand, like, what are all those things? Because when you create a creative brief, it's really your brand name roadmap. So it helps you keep on strategy while you're going through the naming process. So at the end, when you're going through all of your names, you can compare back to the goals of your brief and make sure that you hit on all those things and you didn't pick a name that's not right for what you said that it was that you wanted. Although not everyone knows in the beginning what they want, right? Right. So after you complete your creative brief, and by the way, there is a creative brief in my book, Hello, My Name is Awesome, and as well as in my new naming course, it's a whole section on the creative brief. So after the brief is complete, we would have a kickoff meeting with the team, find out what you would go through the brief. And then some other things that we like to know is what are some words that you might like in the name? So for instance, maybe you would like the word um, clear, right? Or not clean, but clear um, sweep, right? If it's a sweeper, mm, right. right? Or maybe you're like, or you know what? Speed it's or fast. Right, right. It could be one of those things. Or it could be something about it being uh, something about the energy, it taking less energy, right? Or it mm -hmm. being quiet, right? Like our pool pump is super, <laughs> it's right behind my eye work out of our pool house and it's noisy. And like if it was something quiet, we would want to know, oh, like, or, or, Maybe it's not words to explore, but maybe it's, it's themes to explore. So right. qu quiet, 
things that are right. quiet. I worked on naming a, a jet a jet engine one time for a quiet jet engine. And one of my names was Silent Night, like, you know, like Night in Shining Armor Night, which I thought mm. was a cool name. But so those are the type of things that would help us know where to look. So right. once, once we're done with that, we don't do any brainstorming with the client because clients, you know, big product companies hire us to do all the heavy lifting for them. They get to do the fun part, mm-hmm. right? Sit in the initial meeting, fill out the brief. It's not really fun, but it's not hard. And then of course, look at all the name choices. But what what I would suggest for brainstorming, I'll tell you some things that we would do. Mm-hmm. So if we were naming a, you talked about speed, Chad. So we would look for metaphor. Metaphors would make great names. So mm-hmm. think of um, car companies use a lot of product car, car brands or metaphorical like Mustang, right? Right suggest speed and power ram is another one of those names or it's like the nissan leaf is a, a more eco-friendly car an electric car so th- that's what we're looking for metaphors for so you said speed so we would look up things that are fast and we might see puma for instance hmm. like puma that's where the running shoe probably you know that's a metaphorical name for the shoe so that's what we would do look what are things that are fast one thing that i would do is i would look up names of power boats right like hey maybe it's it's in water it's powerful fast you know like i'm always trying to find parallels what are things that are similar hmm. and so like when i work on naming um products for starcast I will look at boat names because there could be something there, right? There's so many great ones. So yep. always look for parallels, for metaphors. If we were looking up things that were quiet, you know, or if it quiet was one of the benefits of the product, I would look up, you know, what are things that are quiet? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's just everything I do is on the internet, looking, 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 searching, digging, 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 just trying to dig deep. So here's, I'll give an, another example of, because I think it's helpful to know how my mind works when I brainstorm. It's very different than what people would naturally think to do. I was naming a line of MM, the guy, it was sportswear, athleisure, they call it, athleisure wear. And the guy, the client was a big fan, a fan of MMA fighting, right? This, you know, what does MMA stand for? Multi... I think mixed martial arts. Yes, mixed martial arts. Right. Sorry. Okay. So I was like, okay, this guy like wants a badass name. So I went on, I typed in movie top 25 movie fight scenes and top 100 movie car chase scenes, Mm -hmm. chase scenes. And I got lots of lists. There's everyone has compiled lists online. It's so great for brainstorming. So I spent a couple hours just reading and I wasn't reading deeply. I was skimming because I'm always looking for interesting words to pop out at me. So I'm like reading, reading, reading. And then I see it stunt double. I'm like, that's the name right there. Stunt double. Right. And I never would have come up with that because especially with a clothing brand, you're really starting from nothing. Right. Cause they can be called anything. So I would say, look for, look for parallels and metaphors and things that are unexpected, stunt doubles mm-hmm. unexpected, and and stunt double makes a strong emotional connection, right? Like the the person, like look, they're sitting around in their sweatpants watching Netflix, right? But like they're wearing stunt double, it makes them feel good, right? Like right. you know, it's aspirational. 
Yeah. So that's a cool name. Yeah. And it hits on some of the other elements, right? There's imagery. You can connect it with that. You mm -hmm. can tie it to something, popular, popular movie scene. So it ties into smile elements pretty well. Mm -hmm. So when I've gone down this path before trying to name a product, I... I my, I'm so glad I know about you and some better tips now, right? But my place I often start is either thinking about foreign names or Latin names, you know, obscure sort of maybe words that mean that thing, or conjunctions of words that go together or don't go together. Like I had no idea until I, I came across your uh, book and you have a course we can talk about in a moment too, but hello, my name is awesome, that I still always stumble over this name, Trivago, the travel company. Mm -hmm. I just always thought it was a crummy name. I had no idea they ma mashed together. What is it? Trip, vacation, and go or yeah. something? Well, I just well, figured I, that out looking at their logo because it's in three different colors. That's that, what I figured just, out. And by the way, your logo, no one's, people will generally not always see your name in color, right? Yes. If, it's, if you're typing an email or giving someone your website address or it's written in the Wall Street Journal, it's not going to be in color. Colors. Right. Right. I know. Yeah, so you, you can't I, rely on your logo for pronunciation. Yeah. I remember the guy that does their commercials, not the name of the actual company. So, so you haven't talked about this at all. I, the, the metaphor approach is really interesting to try to come up with something that stands out that is similar. How do you feel about the, these, you know, using other languages, jamming words together? We, we, yeah. we see this a lot. Yeah, not a fan. It's most people's go to. Don't feel bad. A lot oh, of good. people, they just think that. Oh, we we should. What's this? What's what's the Swahili word for exactly. hive? It's yeah. The Swahili word for hive is mazinga. M z i n g a. How would you know oh, that? Easy to right? spell too when you say mazinga. <laughs> exactly. So I say, don't resist the temptation for foreign words. If your name. If you have a foreign, if you're, you have a name that's in a foreign language, it's going to be foreign to your customers. Mm -hmm. You want your name to be like a welcome mat, not like a do not enter sign. And think of a time you've been to a foreign restaurant and maybe a French restaurant. You wanted to order something on the menu. You, this is me, couldn't pronounce it. So I either A, didn't order it because I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of my date or the waiter. B, I just pointed at it on the menu, or C, I just went for it and bungled the pronunciation. Nobody wants to feel uncomfortable. Right. We like names that are approachable and friendly, not right. names that are, look at the, the chain of kitchen stores, Sur La Table. It looks like Sur La Table, and that's how I'm sure half the people pronounce it. Why wouldn't they? It looks like the word table. So, you know, no one wants to embarrass themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you want to be able to spell it reasonably so that you can look it up on the web, too, and find out more information. Yeah. If I told you, oh, you have to check out this kitchen store, Sir Latab, you wouldn't know to spell it T-A-B-L-E if you didn't know French. And mm -hmm. and I certainly am probably not pronouncing it the super sophisticated French way. Which makes the <laughs> point, right? So <laughs> exactly. words that we can embrace. Exactly. Okay. 
So Alexandra, I'm always up for some free uh, consulting whenever I do these podcasts. And I think this will be useful for listeners too. So the name of this podcast is The Everyday Innovator. The When I came up with that, it was kind of a very quick go-to thing that I, many years ago, just for a, a blog. But the notion there was that I want to reach people that all the time were thinking about making things better, making products better, solving problems in, in new innovative ways. So it's people that tend to think about innovation all the time. But my core audience is really product managers, and I'm, I'm not sure if I can make a better connection with the name here. So maybe we can just talk through some you know, brainstorming together about what might be a better name for a podcast for product managers or go down a path of what I should be, think, what I should be doing. Okay, sure. So the everyday innovator, it's, it's fine. It's uh, easy to spell and say. And it's, I think it's aspirational because people do want to be innovating every day. It's totally approachable because the everyday innovator, right? It's not intimidating and nobody wants, and innovation can be intimidating for people. So I like it. Now, if you were, if you wanted to, because there's so many podcasts, right? I do them all the time. There's just, you know, I'm sure thousands and thousands of them. I would say if you want to focus more, I put the word product in your name for sure. Hmm. Okay. And what my first go-to is pretty much with every naming assignment is alliteration. So I would look for names that start with P and you can just Google, I call this Google storming, just put it in there and you will find it 10, 10 uh, more than nine times out of 10. Names, that's words that start with P. So you type it in, you'll find Scrabble mm -hmm. dictionaries. Go to one and just start looking at them. Start with short words and then work up to long words, but you will find words. I mean, you already have like product podcasts. I don't know if you could get away with the product podcast. I'm sure something exists like that, but right. you probably want to go. It's more than, but it's, it's more than just about products. It's for product people. You could be the product people podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Product right? people it's podcast. Got that, yeah. You've got the triple P there. Yep, the product. Well, we stumbled podcast. on that one pretty fast. I am like an idiot savant. I'm super fast, <laughs> but that's why <laughs> I do these ninety-minute calls with people. They're like, "But how can you do it?" And they're not cheap. But like, hey, I'm really fast, and that's I've been doing this so long. It's like they just come to me, so mm -hmm. I'm I'm lucky that way. But yeah, so I would say look at some interesting. The key is you want interesting words, right? Right. You don't want too many interesting words in your name, but if you have one kind of like a, a tame, a tame, like product is pretty, it's not a super exciting word, right? So you need a more exciting word with it. Mm -hmm. But, but product people, that's exciting to people that are product people because speaking of people, we always want to find our people, right? Oh, I want to find my people, right? right? Like I, where's my podcast? I mean, there's like a gazillion leadership podcasts. Those aren't my people, right? Where are my people, right? Where the, the namers don't have a podcast yet, but where, you know, the, there's one name of a podcast I love is the marketing book podcast. It's super specific. The guy only talks to authors of marketing books. Mm -hmm. There's people that consume marketing books. That's a great name. It's not right. super sexy or exciting, but it says what it is. Yeah. You quickly find your tribe. That's like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I do. I want to hear, talk to people about marketing books. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. So 
you could be the product people podcast. I don't have a word book in front. I got, I got rid of all, <laughs> I have some books left, but yeah, now I just look online. But yeah, if you look for even interesting words that start with P, but I like this, who is your, because you want your, your audience to identify with it and make that emotional connection. So mm-hmm. like, if you look at the product people podcast, that passes the smile test, right? It's, right. it makes, it's suggestive. It makes an emotional connection. It's got legs with the, there's a lot you could do with it. So, you know, and when I mean with legs too, you could start at, you know, Hey, product people, you know, it's chat or like, it's just like, you can have fun with it. And to me, a lot of times legs just means like having fun with the name. Right. I like that. And I was just looking up to see if there is something now. There is a product people podcast. It doesn't have a podcast in the title, but and it's been used not as frequently. So there's not too many episodes compared to this. So interesting, right? Okay. But, but so try and find metaphors. You want something that is approachable. Follow the smile criteria. See which elements of those that you can hit on. And do brainstorming along the lines of, you know, how you want this to feel, you know, kind of the key themes there, who you're trying to appeal to, maybe any attributes that you're trying to emphasize in the product. And we we have some good constructs now for putting this together. There's a lot more detail in your book, including errors that people make. We kind of hit on a few roundabout, right? But things that you want to avoid, how you really go about a roadmap constructing, putting this together. And that's all in Hello, My Name is Awesome. How to Create Brand Names That Stick. And My Name is Awesome is a great name for a book, too. Thank you. (laughs) Just love that. Of course, that would be good. As listeners know, I love innovation quotes. I I know there's some really good quotes in your book. I'm not sure what you want to pull out for us. But what quote did you bring for us that you want to talk about? My favorite quote is my own quote, which is that Savannah, this this has to do with brainstorming in corporate, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners Sitting in a white room, staring at a white board is not how colorful ideas materialize. There's some depth there. Tell us about how, how, how you think about that. Well, because so many corporate offices, they go to brainstorm sitting in this room and it's sterile. There's fluorescent lighting. There's no inspiration in that room. How can you innovate with nothing around you. And mm-hmm. if you could, if you could see me now, I'm, you know, sitting in my pool house that has like purple, it was like fuchsia and orange carpet squares. I have turquoise walls. I have a sofa made out of stuffed animals. I have, I'm looking out at a surfboard fence and I have a surfboard in my office and like 20 surfing trophies. It's just fun. Like I, my desk looks like a purple Easter egg. It's like, I need to be surrounded by color. It helps me be creative Mm -hmm. and sitting in that white room. Like that's, that's just like the most stifling atmosphere you could be in creatively but what I'm really talking about there too is why would you want to like brainstorming in a white room is so it's so antiquated everything you need to brainstorm is online right Mm. it's like go on the internet it's like I call it the online gold mine it's just endless the things that you know I told you about the movie looking up the movie titles right like if we had you know had eight of us around the conference table sitting in our room. Okay, we've got to name this new men's athleisure line. We would never get to stunt double in a million years. We just wouldn't. And even like there's the, the amount of information online that you can use to stimulate your brain and get mm-hmm. ideas is 
endless. So that that's what I mean about that. I like the the quote. Thanks for sharing that with, uh, with us. And just the idea, you, we, we need colorful ideas to materialize, right? You really, I think, feel color in a real way, right? Because you're surrounded by color. You, you like the different textures and, and surfaces around you. And to me, that just feels like I, I want that variety. I want different stimulus. I want, I want you know, things coming in from different directions that maybe I'm use, used to. I'm curious to just kind of go back. Usually we wrap up at this point, right? And I'll ask you a different question, but you triggered something. This idea of brainstorming like that and the, the gold mine that is online, how do you structure that uh, to work with a client? Do you ask everyone to kind of do a brainstorming exercise individually first and then bring everything together? How, how do you leverage that? Well, when we work with clients, we don't want the client to do any brainstorming, but when I have done consulting for clients where they want to be involved and I'm just coming in to review their ideas, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say, you know, here's your homework to do ahead of time. I'll give them some tools. I mean, now I would just say, take my course and then learn how to do it yourself. And everyone, even though they're getting the same information, people are going to try different, like different Google searches, right? Not everyone would think to look for the move, the um, car chase scenes, then come to the table and they will have run their name through the smile criteria. The mm-hmm. flip side of smile is called scratch. So they would know what names weren't going to pass muster. Then everyone's coming to the table already having done their homework. So people aren't just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. Right. Make better use of that brainstorming time together. Okay. Really good information. You mentioned, uh, we talked about the book a little bit. Hello, my name is Awesome. And you mentioned a course too. How can people find out about the resources that you have? Where where should we go for that? Go to eatmywords.com. And yeah, it's a new online course masterclass on how to create super sticky brand names. It's like my book on steroids in Technicolor. I spent the last six months creating it and it is really helpful for product managers because I know how I've worked in corporate and I know how you can get stuck. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not in corporate, you're just like constantly having to innovate and come up with new ideas. You get stuck. Like how many, how many different, how many different ways can you say this? And this, this will help you get unstuck. Yep. Very good. So the uh, course is at eatmywords.com. I'll make sure there's links in the show notes for this. And we corresponded before we started recording here that you have a, a offer for listeners, for everyday innovators that want to check out your course. Yeah. If you guys take my course, just put in the coupon code everyday innovator and it will knock $300 off the price. That's Awesome. So, and also memorable. So appreciate the offer for everyone. You can find the book, Hello, My Name is Awesome on Amazon or more information at eatmywords.com. And then the course there too. One quick question about the course. You've said you did this in the last six months. Would this course have come about if it wasn't for the COVID remote working thing? I'm just no. curious what came together there. No, yeah, that was, you know, it was a total response to COVID. It had everything to do with COVID because I knew after what we went through in the the great recession, how so many people were out of work and needed names and they couldn't afford to hire my company. And back then I didn't even have a book. And this time I knew that I needed something more than a book, but, and so now you get, you can get an entire course and it still gives you access to me, which is nice. 
I just like looking for examples of where entrepreneurs and, and business people have didn't pivot at all, but right, but took advantage of the change in time. And yeah. that was inspiration for innovation. Yeah, it was. It totally, I was pretty fast on my feet there. And I obviously without COVID, I wouldn't have had the time to do it either. So mm -hmm. it was, you know, I'm trying to look for silver linings and that was definitely one. That's excellent. And listeners, I have gone through the course, uh, not everything yet, but I'm enjoying getting started on the course and it's quite well done. So Alexandra, thank you for putting that together. You, you did a good job with production and delivering the content. So thank you. Once again, hello, my name is Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us, Alexandra, and helping us figure out we could be better namers by using some of these tools. My pleasure. Thanks, Chad. Thanks so much for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This podcast exists to help product managers and leaders to help the product management community. The best way that you can pay that back to us if you're finding value in this is to share it with others. Tell others, tell your colleagues about this podcast. I really appreciate it when you do that. You'll find the resources, the show notes, and that one-page action guide discussing everything that Alexandra just shared with us at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 305. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com.